We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Prize Bank. Up next, the latest on the Missouri Tigers from KCSN, which features multiple shows each week with Border War with former Missouri forward Jarrett Sutton and former Jayhawks guard Jeff Hawkins. And Mizzou, that's who, with insider Gabe Diarmung, Maggie Johnson, and Tucker Franklin. The latest news, the top stories, and an insider perspective to keep you in the know. Make sure to follow us on your new home for Missouri Tigers podcast, KCSN. And now, the latest on Mizzou Athletics. Welcome to today's episode of Mizzou That's Who, your podcast for Missouri Athletics here on KC Sports Network. I'm Tucker Franklin, joined by Gabe Yarman and Maggie Johnson. Got a lot to talk about in Missouri Athletics, as we usually do this time of year. Basketball is in full swing. Got some uh, transfer portal news as well. Some big transfer portal news we'll hit at the end of the show, but we're going to start off with basketball. Gabe, we didn't get to hear from you uh, last week. How are you doing? Uh, how are things How are things in your world? I'm good. Um, it no longer sounds like my home office is getting <laughs> hit by a bolt of lightning and thunder every 12 seconds. So yeah. uh, I have full use of my house back and can join you on our lovely podcast. Wonderful. Yeah, Maggie and I uh, did a – we went like 50 minutes. We didn't need we did. we held it. Things. We held it down. We held it down. We did. Maggie, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm um, great after watching the Chiefs uh, make the championship around this weekend yes. at the same time as the Mizzou game, so we'll get into that a little bit. But, yeah, I'm I'm doing well. Another another week. They really got to stop doing that. They got to stop scheduling – uh, basketball and football and like, Chiefs games at the same time. I, I want it clear that I did make multiple requests to move the tip-off time of the Alabama basketball game. Shows you the amount of power I have. I, I can't get the basketball time moved. I'm getting Wally pipped on this podcast. And mm. It's about time to hang it up, guys. I'm mm. about done. Gabe, don't tell your listeners that you or your readers that you don't have that much pull. Well, I, I feel like they know. They tell me every day. <laughs> Wait, somebody called you something really funny on one of the comments. I was like right. reading it. I don't remember what it was, but when I find it, I'll send it to you because it was so awesome. Funny. It wasn't like a it wasn't like a you responded to it. It wasn't okay. like they didn't like curse you out. It was just like a funny comment. It's good. <laughs> well, since the last time we talked, Missouri's played two basketball games. They went one and one. They did really what our expectations. Oh, well, okay. So when we started this last week, Maggie, we said one and one is like 
phenomenal. Like, great week. One-on-one uh, one week beating uh, Arkansas, uh, one of Arkansas or Alabama. Um, and, and they did that. They beat Arkansas at home. Good ending. Figured out how to win. Uh, but before that game, I believe it was before that game. Yeah, it was. Kobe Brown was named to the Oscar Robinson Trophy Watch. Um, we didn't talk about that. That was, uh, I think, happened either after we started recording or something something around there in that dead period where after our episode. But shout out to Kobe. Um, we'll have more to talk about with Kobe here uh, later. But uh, let's talk about that uh, Alabama or the uh, not the Alabama game, the uh, the Arkansas, Arkansas game. Let's talk. So let's start with that one. Let's start with the dub. Um, Gabe, first thoughts from that game. I know that uh, Mizzou Arena was rocked. It was. Um... I think Mizzou Arena won that game. There, I know that every fan base thinks everybody has home court advantage except them. You can't say Missouri didn't have home court advantage after that game. I mean, look, it's and and I'm not saying like Arkansas still could have won the game. Absolutely, still Missouri got a lot of calls in the last five minutes that could have gone either way. Um, but that is what playing at home is in college basketball. It's why more than any other sport. Playing at home matters so much. Now, there are certain buildings that might be located in Lawrence, Kansas, where it seems to matter a little more than certain other buildings. But it matters almost everywhere. And that's why it matters to have thirteen to 15,000 in there as opposed to six to 8,000. Sure. Because six to 8,000 don't impress, like they don't scare refs, right? I mean, I made the joke that it, when they when they did the review for the Des Moines Hodge drawn charge, which I still don't really know if that was the right call, wrong call. I, I don't know. Mm. But but I, I joked, I said, I think they came out and said that they couldn't review it because the referee, if he had come out and reversed that call, his voice was going to break like Carl Sheffer's voice broke in Arrowhead against the, the Raiders this year. <laughs> Just like, the court is reversed. Arkansas is going to shoot free throws, and then he would have had to run away. He would have had to leave the building yeah. immediately. So yeah. I'm not sure. But also, if good was... effort. Like Missouri deserves credit. Yeah, yeah. Well, we started slow. Arkansas went out. You know, they yeah. played better than us. We kind of, you know, we caught up. But we were down ten points with only a few minutes left. I think like four minutes left. And yes, there yeah. there were some weird calls in that time. That charge, obviously, and. For those listening, which I'm sure everybody listening probably watched that game, the SEC did come out and say that that should have been a reviewable, reviewable call. Uh, the refs went over to the to the cameras and they, and they told them that they could for a long time though. I know, and that's what was kind of confusing. But the SEC came out and said that they couldn't review it, so I don't know what was going on. Like you said, I'm not sure if it would have overturned it anyways. His it did look like his his heels were raised a lot of the p point of that video so i'm not 100 sure but you have to also look at yes there were some bad calls for them was the tackle a bad call maybe right. so and missouri mean, missouri still made shots to come back like none yeah. of that is saying that missouri does not deserve credit for winning that game absolutely and a lot of people you look at the score it was 79 76 okay that's close but Anthony Black made two really good shots to even make it to that close of a game. It's not like it was sitting at a three-point game or a two-point game this whole time. It was like a seven, six, seven-point lead. Then he like threw up a a three, and you know we let him go down and take the two. 
it wasn't maybe as close as the scoreboard would say there, but man, there was a lot of fouls and there was zero flow to that game. I mean, the fouls were 33 to Arkansas, 23 to Mizzou. And in the biggest credit to Missouri, they figured that out and said, look, they're going to call a foul every time anything happens. So go attack the basket. But I thought it was the exact opposite of the game in Arkansas where you got to halftime and the the team that was ahead kind of felt like, I think we should be ahead by a lot more. You know, Arkansas didn't bury Missouri this time. Now, Arkansas did come back in the second half and have that lead still. But, um, you know, playing at home, having veteran guys, uh, and that was huge to come back and win that game because it's a whole different feeling than if they lose that game and we're talking about four straight losses right now. It's a whole different deal. And we did it without Noah Carter, too. So we were really at, at, you know, down low, we were really shorthanded. So, you know, credit, credit the guys that kind of stepped in. The bench played great, in my personal opinion. Um, Mosley had eight. It was kind of his first game back. East had 12. Golston had 16. We got a little bit, got to see Diara a little bit. Yeah, was that the Mm -hmm. game where Diara and Shaw had like three pointers and that was all of Missouri's points for the first like eight (laughs) minutes? Yes. We, we, nine minutes in, we had five points. Nine minutes in. It was bad. I was looking at him like, there's no way. We're so done. I mean, I'm a doomsdayer a lot yeah. of the time. So. <laughs> but I mean, I'm going to be that fan that Gabe probably hates. But I'm like, of course this happens to Mizzou when Arkansas is in town. Well, Mizzou uh, did finish the final five minutes of the game at 22 points. That's a lot of points in yeah. five minutes. Um, so uh, They, they, knocked, down, they knocked down their free throws, though. They Big, got fouled yeah. and they knocked down their free throws, which was a big thing. I know Arkansas fans were complaining about that. They're like, they took 16 attempts. Well, Six of those were on purpose. Six of those were, per, they were purposely fouled. So, right. yeah, uh, that does that does go into it a lot. Good for them to uh, up that down. Mizzou converted forty four point nine percent of the vehicle percentage too. Uh, we talked about last week. Missouri's shooting was just like ice cold. Like they were they were so cold, especially from beyond the beyond the uh, three point arc. Um, they also we talked about the, uh, the the free throw line thirty to forty. Um, that's gonna really, uh, that's gonna really help win games when you're knocking down free throws. I think it's also one of those games, kind of like Maggie said, where even fans of the winning team go, "Well, that was terrible." Yeah, I, I mean, eight, eight o'clock games should not be allowed to last two hours and forty minutes. First of all, somebody on our board had the best suggestion. They said every ref at the beginning of the game should be allotted ten fouls, and once that individual ref is called ten fouls, he can't call any. Right. It's mm. like, so you're just done. Yeah. And if all three of them have used their 10 fouls, like then you can just go punch guys and whatever <laughs> no you can tackle guys, whatever, throw them out of bounds, whatever you have to do. It doesn't matter. Cause it can't be, but in at halftime of that game, I actually thought most of the fouls, like I thought they were fouls. I, those teams were playing physical and beating the hell out of each other. But always when you see that in the first half, then the second half is just totally different. The refs are just like, yeah, we're, we're not going to call this for a while. Yeah. But then they just kept doing it, you know? And I think there was one point in that second half where the fouls were like seven to two against Missouri. And I even tweeted, I said, just wait. It, and it was even at eight. I, I mean, it was in like three minutes, they were evened out. And so I think even Missouri fans after that game were saying, even when it helps us, it's just awful to watch. I don't know if there's a sport that officiating uh, has as big of an impact in as basketball does just in general. 
Um, I was trying to think about that when you guys were talking about it. Um, you know, there's some calls in football that can can change a thing, but with in college football, pass interference not being a spot foul, I think does help with that. Um, but I think basketball uh, specifically, one of those games where officiating is is big, as we see with the uh, the Kansas Jayhawks a lot. They benefit from that at uh, Allen Fieldhouse. Um, so Missouri does get this win. In the grand scheme of things, I think in big picture, Gabe, you you talked to him about this kind of off the top. Uh, it was huge with Alabama coming to town on Saturday. That if they lose against you know number twenty five Arkansas at that point, they're staring at a four game losing streak. You're staring down the barrel of a, of a of a streak that's going to be tough to come back from. And they get the win and they kind of stop their losing momentum uh, just before Arkansas comes into town. And you know they do lose to Arkansas or they lose to Alabama. Excuse me. But why do they put both of these eight teams back to back? It's just jumbling my brain up oh, with both of these eight teams. But they get the win over Arkansas. Alabama comes to town, which um, hung in there with them a, a lot of that game, but just ultimately uh, just couldn't finish it off. They lost the Alabama game with a minute 15 left against Arkansas when Kobe mm-hmm. turned his ankle. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, you know, Kobe said on Friday, I feel fine. I'll be good. I mean, every athlete in the history of ever has said that, right? So, 15 minutes or so before tip-off, Missouri tweeted out, Kobe Brown's not playing. And he just said, yeah, this is this is real unlikely at this point. Yeah, it was almost impossible. I mean, it was a rough day for the starters. Not one starter on Mizzou's team made more than one field goal. <sighs> not one. Hmm. Terrible. Yeah. I mean, and you can't, when you have a player like Kobe out, you have, Des Moines has to step up in that situation. I know he's been ice cold, but something has to. And I will say, mostly did. Mostly had 19 points off the bench. Yeah. Looked mm-hmm. good. Yeah. You love having that addition, but <laughs> it's it's too big of a hill for one bench player to climb on his own. It, and I just thought the story of that game, look, I've been saying it for two weeks. Dennis Gates has been saying it for two weeks. I think Alabama's the best team in the country. Yeah. And they played yeah. – like they didn't play their best game, but they played pretty well. And every time Missouri had anything where you go, oh, hey, they, they could maybe make it interesting. Alabama's like, no, we're just going to go score six straight. And you're not going to make it interesting. I mean, I, I think the roster Nate Oates has is what Dennis Gates wants here. Mm. I mean, it, it might take two, three years, but I think that's kind of the vision of what he wants. It's a good perfect time to go after um, I would, I would yeah. take I would take that roster. <laughs> yeah. And looking at just the percentages, uh, 32.9% percentage. Not That's not going to get it done. This is the this is bad. 3 of 28 from beyond the arc. Uh they only made 3 three-pointers that is a if you're if you're count doing the math at home, that's a 10.7%. Uh so That's not going to that's not going to win you any basketball games. I'll tell you I mean that. I I I asked this i think on the radio this morning what do you think is tougher to go three for 28 or to go like 23 for 28 because i mean three for 28 man eventually like you're just gonna get a bounce or something right that's yeah. that's hard to do a bank or <laughs> a right. nice little bank shot <laughs> and and i didn't think they were terrible shots like i wasn't mm-hmm. watching going what are they doing there's they were just missing shots they've made a lot of this year and sometimes that happens well, and that's the issue right now with, I think, Demoy Hodge is he's taking good shots. He's taking all the shots he made in the Kentucky game. He's taking all the shots he made in the Illinois game. He's 
it's just right now he's just got to get out of it. And I'm sure it's he's in his head because he's a baller. Like we've watched him ball out numerous times. He's still, I think, one of the top 20, I think, said shooting guards in the country. He's just got to get out of his head. Well, and, and it comes at the same time that Nick Honor has fallen off from three. Noah Carter is has barely made a three in the last few games. Sean East doesn't even really take threes anymore, right. it doesn't seem like. So it, it's kind of everybody at once uh, was is yeah. the issue with the shooting the last four games. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. And that's uh, less than ideal. That's the, that's the groundbreaking analysis you turned into, Mizzou. That's who <laughs> the podcast here uh, for is. It's less than ideal when your good players aren't making shots. And and to be fair, I mean, they played, it, played against a good Alabama team. I think that Alabama team, uh, I, I haven't looked at the poll yet. Uh, are they they got to be up to like two. I would right? assume they'll be second behind Purdue. Yeah, I think Purdue's – I think I saw Purdue was one. I didn't look further than that. Um, but Alabama, too, makes complete sense because I think mm-hmm. they are – they're legit – um, and I, I remember seeing the halftime score. Obviously, this was going on as the Chiefs were playing. Um, I do have a duty to cover the Chiefs. So um, I was partially paying attention to this game. And I saw 38-28 at half, down 10 without Kobe Brown. And I thought, hey, you know what? Not too bad. And then I saw the final score. And I said, oh. Yeah, but it was also – it was 28-28. And yeah, then yeah, Alabama right. scored the last 10 points of the first half and you kind of, it kind of felt like a, and Gates said after the game, he said, that's what Alabama's done all year. They put a run together at the end of the first half and then another one at the beginning of the second half. And all of a sudden they were up 20. And yeah. there were a couple times Missouri got back into like 12 or 13, but it just never felt like they could make enough to shots to make a real run. I mean, because they were, they were seven of 16 on layups. They missed three on one possession. I feel like that's been routine of late as well. Just 
I don't know what it is. I know some of them are, you know, they're contested, but some of them. Ugh. Some of them just. And, yeah, and, some and of like, them are just you know, also, though, like, I, I got some stuff after the game. Well, they have to do layup lines in practice. No, they know how to shoot layups, guys. Sometimes <laughs> they just bounce out. I mean, sometimes the, the, the rim's wrong. Sometimes you, you lose, you know, things happen. It was just like. I saw Alabama up, and this makes for an excellent podcast. We could have done it in four seconds. It was a bad day to have a bad day. You know, I mean, that, that's what happened, really. A bad day not to have Kobe. Right. That too. Yeah. As, as, as I led our postgame show with, bad day for ankles in the Show Me State. <laughs> no doubt. It certainly was. Ankles are, ankles are on the mind. Um, and <laughs> Mizzou now uh, shifts their focus to Ole Miss, a game that they're going to play on Tuesday. Um, so a little different than what they've been playing recently. The Wednesday, Saturday, going Tuesday, uh, Saturday with Iowa State. They get that a, that's a part of the SEC Big 12 challenge, right? Um, okay. Um, and just about Ole Miss, they have a 9 and 10 record, 1 and 6 in the SEC. This is a game. Sorry, Yo, you best win that. You better yeah. win this game. Um, yeah. because Iowa State it looks pretty good too. Like Iowa State looks like a pretty good, uh, pretty good ball club. Um, so. Looking ahead to that, I mean, it's good that they, I guess, are getting an extra day um, for Iowa State. And they're at home. Yes. You know. Yes. Which is kind of wild if you go look at the SEC Big 12 matchups. A lot of them are ranked Big 12 teams against unranked uh, SEC teams, but the unranked SEC teams are mainly at home. So it's kind of, it's just like an interesting, interesting look. There's a couple. The the SEC too, because I've seen some things that legitimately, People think the entire Big 12 could make the tournament this year. I mean, it is top to bottom. It's the best league in the country. They're good, yeah. I, I know it will offend people that listen to this, but it's true. Um, so, you know, if the SEC, by being at home, can win a few of those games, I think that could kind of cement the SEC as at least the second best conference in the country. Well, and the SEC holds its own, again, in these, in these matchups. And obviously, a lot of the time, these are – the matchups are completely random. Like, I mean, Kansas and Kentucky get each other a lot, but the past two years, the SEC has won, has won this contest. So it'll be interesting to see if they can do it again, but I'd like to see K-State against somebody better than Florida, but you know, you, it just I don't know. If, it is. <laughs> I don't know if uh, anyone really predicted K-State to be as good as they were this year. Um, yeah. I don't know. I certainly did. Looking at the roster that they had, I, uh, it is tough. I mean, this is something that I've thought about to look at what Kansas State has done with uh, Jerome Tang and with Dennis Gates. I always thought that those two coaches were going to be compared to each other. Um, unfairly so, maybe, but I did think that they were going to be compared to each other once they took the positions at the same time. And, you know, I do think that it's unfair because Jerome Tang has a little bit more experience at the Power Five level, right? With his, with an assistant to Scott Drew, he was at Baylor or in Texas around the Texas area for like two decades. So, He's had an experience at the uh, the the Power Five level, but I do think that uh, looking at that program, what they've been doing, I think is going to get unfairly compared to what Missouri's doing. I think those two will get compared in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I think more though that Gates will be compared to Matt McMahon and to Lamont Paris at uh, South Carolina and to Todd Golden at Florida by. You know, because yeah. those were the guys he was hired at, and not really as much Mike White at Georgia because that was kind of a different one. But these are there's four guys that have their first Power Five jobs in the SEC this year. I think four, 
And those are the guys that I think, especially Todd Golden, because Todd Golden was, he was in the running for this job and then took Florida and, and Gates was South Carolina wanted Gates and Missouri hired him first. Mm. And then Matt McMahon was kind of mentioned for all of them. He was actually of, of the guys that, that had a shot. He was the one that I said, uh, I, that's not the route I would go if I was Missouri personally. Now, because I said that he'll end up being the best of the four of them. <laughs> Who Tang knows how long Tang is at K-State though, because. I mean, if Texas isn't seriously looking at him, I think you got to <laughs> do some uh, real soul searching in Texas, right? Like, I think, I think I you've got to, yep. the people in charge are doing their jobs right. If Texas isn't, isn't snooping around. They're um, not hiring Dennis Gates anymore. That that's done. <laughs> people were people were talking about that. I never saw that. Um, a couple of people were. I must I must not follow them. Thank goodness. Uh, so looking at the uh, SEC Big Twelve Challenge, uh, Alabama at Oklahoma, Arkansas at Baylor, Auburn at West Virginia, Florida at Kansas State, Kansas at Kentucky, Texas Tech at LSU, Ole Miss at Oklahoma State, TCU at Mississippi State. TCU they look legit, um, just like in football. Iowa State at Missouri and Texas at Tennessee. That's, probably, Tennessee that's probably one of the best. That's probably the best matchup, I would say. Mm-hmm. Even though Kentucky started playing a little bit better at a time that Kansas is struggling a little bit, and I'm, they're struggling against good teams, so right. you can't really say too much about it. But I'm interested in a few of those games for sure. Yeah, should be some good basketball this week. But let's talk. Uh, let's go to. Let's go talk some football. How about it? Uh, because how about it? I think. Um, I know we've talked about it. If Missouri was going to bring in a quarterback, I think essentially when the Gasparilla Bowl got over, right? I think we brought up the topic of, look, uh, Brady Cook is going to have shoulder surgery. Sam Horn is the only quarterback that is a scholarship quarterback on this roster right now. Are they going to bring somebody else in for spring ball, for competition-wise? And they do. Uh, They brought him in. Uh, Jake Garcia, former Miami quarterback, highly rated high school prospect, I believe in 2019, um, was a a very highly rated uh, high school prospect. Uh, Got beat out by, I can't remember, was it Trevor Van Dyke? Tyler Van Dyke. Tyler Van Dyke. TVD was the initials. Um, Got beat out by them in in Miami. So um, I'm curious to what your thoughts are, Gabe, on this edition of, uh, of Jake Garcia. Yeah, um, I have said a number of times since Eli Drinkwitz has been here, this feels like the first time Missouri has a football coaching staff that is acting like an SEC football staff. Hmm. And what I mean by that, in at least in regard to this, is I've seen a lot of Missouri fans say, well, no, we don't need a quarterback. We got Sam Horn. Or we don't need any defensive backs. Ennis Rakestraw and KAD are coming back. No, you pile up as many good players as you can. And the ones that win the job, great. And the ones that don't, if they want to leave, they can leave. That's, I mean, that's the way it goes. If Sam Horn gets beat out because Jake Garcia was better and Sam Horn wants to transfer, fine. Mm-hmm. You, fine. You go find another guy to come in and compete with, with, uh, with Jake Garcia and with Jabari Johnson down the road. I, I mean, the difference between the really good programs in the Missouri's of the world right now. I, I mean, I don't mean to be a dick about it, but like no. Missouri or Iowa state or 
throw it Minnesota, whatever, just any kind of middle of the road program. Mm -hmm. The difference between the middle of the pack and the top of the pack in those conferences are those other conferences. They have a four-star pushing a five-star and they have another four-star waiting his turn to push that other four-star. It's not, I, I mean, I've seen, I think even in like 2014, Missouri's first 22 were as good as a lot of teams in the SEC. Mm -hmm. The second 22 weren't nearly good enough to play with that top tier team. And you have to have that because A, you're going to have injuries. And also at every position except quarterback, guys don't take every snap, uh, quarterback and offensive line. But everywhere else, your second string guy plays. In some cases, Mm -hmm. your third string guy plays. And when that third string guy is... You know, I don't care. Just just throw out one of Georgia's backup defensive linemen who I don't know. But when he can come out and play 14 snaps a game and go a million miles an hour because he knows he's only playing 14 snaps a game, well, he's probably beating your offensive guard's ass. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, and so this is how big boy football programs operate. Mm-hmm. Bring it, the, the whole idea, well, he's just searching for a backup. Because he knows that he's got Sam and Bray. No, if he's doing that, he is not equipped to coach in this league. And that's not what he's doing. And that's not what he was doing last year. He just happened to end up with a backup. But his goal was not, hey, let's go find a backup quarterback. The, when you do that, you take the walk on, the preferred walk on from Hutchinson that Missouri took. That is a, that's a body, right? That's a depth piece to to get through practices and camp and hey if he turns out to be the greatest quarterback in the country awesome then you started the likelihood is that he won't Jake Garcia is here because he expects to be Missouri's starting quarterback so yeah. does Brady Cook so does Sam Horn at least one of them will not be on this roster 12 months from now maybe two and look at it this way for a lot of people that may be questioning the decision to get Jake Garcia did you guys see what Ole Miss did this year with or this week with quarterbacks? Yeah. They got Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State. They already have Jackson Dart, who can't transfer because he came over from USC. And then who was the last one they got? Do you remember? Uh, it was another. It was another. It, it was the kid from LSU, Walker yeah. Howard. Yeah, yeah, Walker Howard. And they actually got Walker Howard before they got Sanders, and Sanders yeah. went ahead and said, "Yeah, I'll come." There. Because mm-hmm. they know that one of those those three quarterbacks are going to be pushing each other. I mean, Jackson Dart might have lost his spot. He didn't play terribly this year. I mean, they were fine, as Ole Miss is typically fine. Um, But, yeah, that's the type of program that we want to be. We want to be a school, a destination, and we're not going to be a destination (laughs) if the only people that we have are Hutchison. And it was also – it was what – uh, Jaden Daniels last year, right? Like mm-hmm. he was going to come to Missouri that everybody, it, how close that got depends on who you talk to. Uh, but then everybody said, well, why would he go to LSU? He's not going to start. There. Well, he did start there, yeah. and he did pretty well. Right. But they all think they're going to go win the job. And again, like I, people probably think I like have something against Sam Horn and I don't. I don't have a clue if Sam Horn's a good college quarterback or not. And neither does anybody else. Because we haven't seen him play yet. 100%. And I think that when I was thinking about a transfer quarterback Mizzou could get, I don't think – Jake Garcia never entered my head because I thought, okay, you don't know what you have in Sam Horn. So you have that, right? 
go get somebody who's proven, quote unquote, who's played who's played and you know a little bit about him already. Uh, Jake Garcia hasn't played a whole lot. Uh, so that's another thing that kind of comes into it as well. It's like you don't really know what you have in Jake Garcia as well. Maybe the coaching staff feels pretty confident in what they have in Jake Garcia, but you'd like to think they're pretty confident in what they have in Sam Horn as well. So I think that kind of surprised me about the move is they, they didn't go get a guy like, uh, for lack of a better person, like a Sam Hartman, right? Like they didn't go after somebody who, who was a little bit older who could, you know, realistically have some experience and you know what he is. But, or when you already have But that, I mean, maybe they did, right? They yeah, we don't know. 100%. Maybe they did. But, but the other thing is, they do have a guy who's started games and been decent at this level. Like I, I know people yeah. like to crap on Brady. Like he was a middle of the road, slightly below average SEC quarterback. He can be better. But so your baseline is we have a guy who has at least started games in this league and won six of them who should be a little bit better and have another year of experience. I think what this says more than anything is they don't know that Sam Horn is the savior of the program. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if they did, then they don't go get a guy a year older than him. Um, and I, I, that's not saying, any, I, how could they know that? I don't know. I mean, my message board has insisted that they do, but they can't know. He hasn't played in a game. You know, I mean, every coach will tell you, you can think you know about a quarterback, but you don't really know until you see it on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. The stars aren't the only thing that you can look at, look at, like, you have to be able to look at the tan. You have to look at the, be able to see the tangibles before you can say they're great based on the intangibles. I guess it, right. And and top one hundred four star quarterbacks miss all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. Right? I mean, yeah. Jake Garcia's stats uh, from twenty twenty two sixty eight for one fourteen. It's a fifty nine percent completion percentage. Eight hundred and three yards. Uh, five touchdowns. Four interceptions. Longest was a 70-yard, 71-yard uh, pass. I believe that clip was going around Twitter, uh, his 71-yard pass that he had. Um, I'm excited for what it can do. I, I always thought – I always think more competition is good, right, for the program in general. Uh, if he's the right guy – I think somebody asked me this. Like, what do you think about Jake Garcia? I said, I don't care as long as Drink makes the right decision to quarterback. As long yes. as he makes the best – as long as the choice is this guy can help us win games more than another guy can, put him in there. I don't care who – what his name is where he came from. That's all I care about. That's all you should care about, Tucker. Yes. Literally, if it's Tommy Locke, cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, whatever. If Tommy Locke goes and wins nine games, well done, kid. We're going to Third Street Social. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. No. I, th- I do think the addition's interesting, and I do think that it was something that uh, I gave, I believe it was a question from me, where you asked Drinko, like, are you thinking about adding a quarterback for body-wise? And he basically straight up told you no. And said that we'll only add a quarterback if we think that he can win, help us win games. And Drake must think that Jay Garcia can help him win games. So I'm okay with that. Yeah, and I I don't have a clue who will start. Uh, no. But look, I, I don't think Jake Garcia came here to knowing he's not going to start. You know, I mean, he thinks he's at least got a shot. We didn't know who was going to start last year either, so it's just another. <laughs> the exact same thing. We'll figure it out in August, I guess. It's going to be me breaking down videos that uh, Mizzou football tweets out, and I'm going to yeah. slow them down when Drinkwitz yells, here come the ones, and see who walks out in front of the screen. That's how I figured don't, out Brady Cook was starting last year. Don't be that, don't be that guy, Tucker. I know. Or don't give away Don't give away your secrets. So. That's true. Oh, crap. Um, <laughs> right. Hello. Just gave away, gave away the secret formula. Um, 
No, so I'm I'm interested to see what'll happen. This defense still looks good. They're getting transfers on the defensive side of the ball. They're getting offensive transfers. I still think I think they still need to add four more offensive linemen uh, before. Four? I feel totally, totally four? Uh, yeah, four. No, I started off with five, and they added. Well, they've added two, right? Offensive linemen or just one? We added Johnson from Eastern Michigan. I think just right. one so far. Shout yeah. out Marcellus. Uh, yeah, just so four. Yes. Um, <laughs> points still stand. So. All right. Uh, any final thoughts go. before we wrap up uh, this podcast? Um, I don't know. We're going to talk about Missouri playing Trajan Jeffcoat next year. They now get to face Toski oh, right. and Trajan yeah. Jeffcoat. Oh, yeah. We'll get to play Toski in, uh, in down the street from my in house. Memphis. Yeah. Or in St. Louis. In, in yeah, St. Louis. Not in Memphis game. Right. But this is just a, like, this is how college sports are now, right? Like, you could yeah. have a guy on your team one year, and the next year you're like, oh, hey, he's on that team, and we play them. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of weird, but like if it, when it, again, when it works for your team, the transfer portal is awesome. When it works against your team, the transfer portal is ruining college football. That is, that is the rule. It's like, I at one time actually looked up a, uh, looked up a website, how to design a flow chart. And mm. I'd made my own flow chart of how to decide whether, um, a player should be punished for being arrested. And the first question was, does he play for my team? And if the answer was no, then he should automatically be arrested and punished. And And if the answer was yes, then there was a, is he good at football or basketball? And if the answer to that was yes, no punishment. If the Uh answer to that was no full punishment again, (laughs) that's how the portal is. If it helps you, it's amazing. If it's people leaving your team, it's the absolute worst thing about sports ever. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Speaking of uh, arrest, the Georgia wide receiver that got arrested. So Lovett's uh, snap count is is it's going up hard. because because Amy Mitchell transferred as well. Yeah. So I'm, we were all saying, "Oh, he's going to go to like wide receiver four. Yeah, he's he's moving his way on up thanks Everybody to his. Uh, well, I think and and to be fair, if we're talking about that flow chart, Rah Rah Thomas. Good at football. Maybe you figure out a way to make that work. That's, that's true. It, it'll be interesting uh, playing some former uh, Missouri players. Uh, I know Trey John Jeffcoat kind of uh, had a saga after he decided not to come back to Missouri. There were some other schools that were thrown out there, but he does land in Arkansas. Um, yeah. And he's and not the in Arkansas part about because it is, he hates Missouri. 
He's not in Arkansas because he hates Mizzou. Like, I feel yeah. like that's like a, a thing Mizzou fans are like, why would you go there? Like, you're not going to beat Mizzou. He doesn't care if he's going to beat Mizzou while he's at Arkansas. Right. Like, I mean, that's I think not he wants why to. He, oh, I'm he sure he wants to. But I'm sure all... he wants to, but he wasn't, yeah. I guarantee. That wasn't the was motivation. Picking, that wasn't the motivation. He wasn't like, well, I got to go where I'm really going to stick it to Mizzou fans. Like, right. that's not why he went to Arkansas. Kenji Jefferson's still on that team. It, it might he be is. a part of why Barry Odom went to Arkansas. But I don't think it's why Trajan went to Arkansas. But I, poor, poor Barry, because he struggled. He it didn't struggled work, at yeah. it. But it's it's been pretty interesting, though. Like, you know, just seeing the reactions of of Jeff Coates' teammates. I mean, I, I think it really shows you the separation between how the fans view this and how the like all his all these guys that played with him are like, man, go be great, awesome, yeah. you're my guy. You know, they're still in like when we talked to Kobe about Trevon Brazil a couple weeks ago and they mm-hmm. still talk all the time. It's just, it, that's the separation. They're rooting for these kids and their friends more than anything. But the whole thing makes it like, it's weird to be a sports fan, right? A college sports fan. I think like guys like Kobe are so rare now. And I think it's why the fans have embraced him even a little bit more this year, because they saw him when he was an 18 year old kid that was, you know, the fourth guy off the bench. And now they see him as a, a, a national player of the year, uh, you know, nominee. And you really just don't see much of that anymore. Cause either the guys are, they're good enough that they're going pro or they're not good enough and they're going somewhere else or they're good and they're going somewhere else. But, but the days of, I remember this kid when he came from high school and then I watched him for four years and now I see this are kind of gone. And like it, I don't know if the portal's good, bad, or indifferent, but I do think that it takes some of the connection away from fans. I think that's a conversation that's been going on. I saw at least one tweet on Twitter about Jalen Hurts specifically, right? Um, Cause someone tweeted Alabama fans. Do you claim Jalen Hurts? Oklahoma fans. Do you like, do they both get to claim Jalen Hurts? Where does Jalen Hurts claim that he went to school? It's kind of a it's a situation like that where, you know, on his Sunday night football little headshot, what does he say? He said Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma, I think is what he says. Uh, because he? that's where he graduated and he last played football. So do they, does Oklahoma get to claim uh, Jalen Hurts, even though he was at, see this one? They do. They Make it too hard for us. To be well, sports. I mean, but but that's a tough one because like he literally won a national championship, maybe two, one place, and then won a Heisman the other place, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. we're not talking about this guy that had like you know we're not talking whatever, about Jeff nine Jeff. sacks one place and four sacks another place yeah. for two seven and six teams, right? Yeah, yeah, they both claim them. I don't even care. They both can if they want to. I <laughs> the one thing that was wild to me was people saying. uh, the Big 12 is clearly a better football conference because three of the uh, the quarterbacks in the championship games are Big 12 quarterbacks as opposed to SEC. So then then my argument was, well, Jalen Hurts won a natty at Alabama, so um, him and Joe Burrow should still be considered SEC a little bit. But Also, that's true. two of the quarterbacks in the conference championship game transferred. Yep. Uh-huh. But one of them transferred after he won a natty, and one of them transferred when they hadn't been, he hadn't been playing. So when they had Justin Fields, yes. yeah, when they had Justin Fields. So they're a little bit different <laughs> scenarios, but still, yes, they are both transfer quarterbacks. My, My whole point was that in three years, Jake Garcia is quarterbacking a team in the NFL 
uh, conference championship games, obviously, right? Yeah, but yeah. but but did he win us a natty? <laughs> Maybe just a Heisman. We'll see. Jake Garcia for Heisman. You heard it here first. Make the signs. Get ready for college game day to come. And uh, let's see. When, when's the first big game? Get ready for uh, Memphis. That'll be college game day in St. Louis. Um, wouldn't that be something? Outside, outside the Ed Jones the Dome America, or whatever the America, it's called these days. America Center. Dome at it's America Center. Yeah. I wish they still played the uh, high school state game. I know they played in Columbia now. Or they do they go back and forth between Columbia and Springfield? They did that for a little oh, bit. I think they did. I think you might um, yeah. But I, they, I, lo- I always like saying we're going to the dome. Well, obviously in high school I never got to the dome, but like saying that is like, yeah, we're gonna we're going to the dome, the road to the dome. That's it's a lot cooler than the road to I, uh, Columbia. I cover I covered Justin Smith winning a state championship in the dome. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was a good player. We used to go every year, every right around Thanksgiving or sometime around there, since my dad was a high school football coach. Yep. I mean, that's where we spent all of our those weekends, those long weekends in <laughs> in St. Louis. So now yeah, I live no. here. <laughs> there you go. Right down, right down the street from the dome is where I live. So. They're gonna have the, the XFL team is gonna be there, right? Yeah, about a bunch of there. Kaka, Kaka, blah. <laughs> Good deal. Good deal. <laughs> Good deal. Hey, a lot of KC people told I feel me like that we're the done. Battle Hawks, the Battle Hawks are their are their XFL team. So let's go. Dave Dave Steppel. <laughs> Dave Steppel. Linebackers Dave. coach. Really? Yeah. AJ McCarron was our drafted quarterback. Yeah. Oh how the money had yeah. fallen. Um <laughs> All right, that, that's enough. Uh, that's enough from us. You've heard enough of us. Uh, thank you for listening to this week's edition of Mizzou. That's it. We'll be back next week. Um, I'll be in Las Vegas uh, when we're doing the podcast. So, um, yeah, pretty good setting for me. If I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie. So, uh, we'll be back talking about Mizzou basketball. I'm sure. Again, I say this at the end of every episode. I'm sure Mizzou football will make a headline that we have to talk about Mizzou football still because college football is football in general is king in the United States of America. So I'm sure they will stay relevant in the news cycle. So until then, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.